Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to KGW's 3 on 3 Blazers. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Orlando Sanchez. We've got Jared Cowley, Nate Hansen, and Max Barr on the ones and twos. Doing this thing from a socially distant perspective again via Zoom. All of us uh, on the pod once again from home. But guys, it is good to see your faces again and hear from you. This week has been really interesting for me. It feels like we are really ramping up towards the season. And I know that this, this season and last season have just been so unprecedented in terms of this pandemic and how we've handled things. But having all of the, the media days as we get ready for the preseason to tip off on December 11th against the Sacramento Kings at the Moda Center and then the regular season just around the corner uh, starting on the 22nd, although we're still waiting on an official schedule for the season for the Portland Trail Blazers. Of course, uh, national TV sliding the Blazers again. No national TV on Christmas, on the 22nd, the 23rd. But what else is new with the Portland Trail Blazers and the love they get nationally? So, guys, I, I just want to get your guys' perspective. There's, there's been a lot that's kind of unfolded over the last couple of days in terms of just hearing from the guys again. And I want to dive in on this podcast right away. You know how we roll. We've got three questions and we've got three answers. So let's set the table first with Media Day and what your guys' takes were on Media Day or Media Days, as we've heard from multiple players already, and we'll continue to hear from them throughout the week and into the weekend. So, Jared, I want to start with you. What were just your overall impressions from hearing from, from Dame and CJ, Zach, Rodney, uh, and, and even head coach Terry Stotts? Rodney Hood's interview was um really touching I, I think just the difficulties he's been through both with the injury with um the death of a family member that he talked about it kind of brings into perspective that these these players are people too and in many ways going through some of the same challenges that we go through um so that that one stood out to me um, just as far as the team and, and things that I found interesting, you know, you hear this kind of stuff in training camp and media days every year, especially if, if a team's bad on defense the year before you hear them talk all about how minute, you know, how hard they work to, to, to make their defensive game better in the off season and how much better they're going to be defensively. So you take it with a grain of salt, but hearing both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum talk about 
how it has to start with them. Like they went out, Neil Shea made moves to bring in good defensive players and that's going to help, but they need to be better and that they've worked on that this off season. I think that's good. And, and it's just talk, but you know how hard Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum both work in the off season. So, you know, they're going to add something to their game. And if defense can be the thing that they add to their game, um, I think that, that this could be a really good defensive squad. You could see a lot of improvement. And I think you've also seen buy-in on defense from the entire organization. Like Neil O'Shea really, really focused this off season on bringing in those players to make this a better defensive team. They saw that that was unacceptable last season when they were one of the worst defensive teams in the league. You can't compete for anything resembling a championship if you are that bad on one end of the court. And so for Neil O'Shea to, to go in that direction for Terry Stotts to talk about how he's going to try and mix up some of his, you know, defensive philosophy. Um, It's just from top to bottom, they're really focusing on defense. And I hope that you actually see that uh, come to fruition once the season starts. So that spoke to me more than anything else. How about you, Nate? Uh, Jared's right about the pointedness that CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard had about the defense. There was no sugarcoating it. They both said they have to get better. And I think they realized after how, with how bad poorly last season went, that they need to get better on that end of the floor. If they're going to ultimately compete for a championship, which goes to my biggest takeaway of the media days, which is just kind of hearing them talk about being a contender this year. It was a lot more measured than what we heard last year going into the season. I feel last year they were coming off that Western Conference Finals run. They thought they had gotten better in the offseason. And it was more of a rah, rah, we're here and we're going to do this type thing. And I don't know if it's getting caught up in in the previous run in the playoffs, just, you know, a couple months before or what it was, but it felt like they were a lot more vocal, outspoken, like pumping their chests, like we're here and we're going to do this. And hearing Damian Lillard talk about it now, it sounded a lot more measured. It sounded like a team that was humbled last season that, yeah, they had championship expectations going into it, but they weren't even close to competing for a championship. And so hearing him talk about it this year, It sounded more like they're just going to take it a day at a time. Yes, the goal is to compete for a championship. You have Damian Lillard in his prime. Of course, that's the goal. But it it felt like there's more of an understanding of this is going to be a grind this year, and it's going to be a process. And we're going to uh, embrace that process and the grind this year. Where last year, I felt like they were kind of uh, putting the flag, you know, at the top of the hill without getting to the top of the hill type thing and so this year uh I think I think last year's experience has them more focused this year on the process and what it will take to be a contender so I liked hearing that I like that that stood out to both of you guys because that's one of the things that after you listen to multiple players and you're going through these zoom calls or press conferences during normal circumstances you like to hear if guys are thinking the same things if they're on the same page and that also stood out to me in regards to the, the focus on defense and that Dame had said, me and CJ. And then when it was brought up with CJ, CJ said, Dame and I, we need to do this. And so I think that Blazers fans should feel excited about that, that there's that cohesiveness, that there's that understanding within that locker room and they're taking responsibility. So in terms of a team that's been so bad on defense uh, last season, 
Dame, I think, even at one point had said, look, if we can even get to, you know, being in the middle of the road defense, you saw how good we are because the offense is going to be there. Uh, CJ saying that the defense isn't – I mean, the offense isn't going to go away. Like, that offense, that's what we're good at. So if we can just elevate the defense, um, we're going to see it pay dividends. And, and, and this being a, a team that got to the Western Conference Finals not too long ago. But uh, the way that you started this, Jared, um, you never know quite what you're going to get when you get into these interviews. You don't know what the mood is going to be, where, where things are going to go. And with Rodney Hood, it got to a point where no one really wanted to talk about basketball. Like the, the upcoming season was kind of an afterthought when Rodney Hood stepped into the Zoom meeting. And it was just because, you know, for a guy – we write, I like to write down a lot of the, my questions that I'm going to ask when we go into there, into those press conferences. And I was just scratching them all off because I didn't care about it anymore in terms of the injury that, that he, he's gone through and tearing his Achilles and what the road to recovery has been like. Once he mentioned that that's, that, that's been a small piece of what this, this year has been like for him in 2020 and losing so many loved ones. So, you know, my heart goes out to Rodney and, and his family, um, you know, losing his, his father-in-law, a nephew, his AAU coach, just people that have, have been around him for so long that mean so much to him. And so that, I think, was really interesting because you got a chance to, to get to know Rodney, the person, and him being a vulnerable state like that um, just really says a lot about him. And, you know, even his choice to want to stay in Portland that, that he mentioned and, and having other teams having other interests in him. And, and him still deciding to, to re-sign with the Trailblazers. So I thought that was really interesting uh, with Rodney Hood. Um, Zach Collins, again, you feel for the guy who basically I asked him what his goals are this year, and it's just he wants to be healthy. You know, he wants to be available. And he feels strongly that if he can, once he's back, that he can be a, a contributor and a guy that can make an impact in getting this team over the hump and, and playing for a championship. And so you really hope that, that Zach can, can stay healthy and we can truly see a full season of him and, and what he's capable of doing and with him contributing. But he said he's had no setbacks. Um, this is month three, and doctors are telling him he's on that four- to six-month timeline in getting better. Um, but I, I thought that the, the ultimate uh, quote came from, from Damian Lillard during the media session that really a lot of Blazers fans – latched onto and that was bringing the glory back to Portland uh, and, and him saying that was his message to, to Neil O'Shea and saying let's do this like now, now is the time we've all talked about it we know that we are in Dame's prime window right now and something has to happen and and so it was good to hear Dame acknowledge that and, and say yeah I this was my message to my boss like this is what I want to see happen and Neil O'Shea, to his credit, went out and got guys to compliment uh, his game and also what the needs were of this team that you guys have said over and over, which is defense. And so this all brings me to question number two in all of this, and that was that head coach Terry Stotts mentioned, which is something that kind of got the mind-blown emoji going on social media, was that he actually said, this is who our likely starting lineup is going to be and bringing in, you know, Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington and having Carmelo Anthony come off the bench. So, Nate, I'm going to start with you on this one, man. I want to know what your reaction was to 
this starting lineup that will likely start the season in just a few weeks? My, my reaction was not as mind-blown, I think, as a lot of people, because I think Neil Olshay had hinted, at least, that this was going to be the direction they were going to go to start the season. Um, I'm certainly uh, skeptical, I guess you would say, just because I'm skeptical about Derek Jones Jr. Uh, obviously, uh, hopefully will be a plus defender for the Blazers, but anytime you pair a forward with CJ and Dame and the guy can't shoot, I'm, I'm always going to be skeptical about that. And yeah, you have Robert Covington, who's a good, not great three-point shooter, but a good one alongside him. So maybe that will help, you know, relieve some of that stress. Whereas opposed in the past when you had Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Camino, you had two guys who couldn't shoot alongside CJ Day. So maybe just having one in Rocco is enough. But Derek Jones Jr., we'll see. The Blazers seem to be really high on him. Uh, they've they gave him the two-year, $20 million contract. Like I said, it seems like a lot of money to give to a guy who was just on a team that got to the finals and was not one of their seven or eight rotation players in the finals. And now you're throwing him into a starting lineup for a team that you're saying you think can compete for a championship. That seems like a big step for that player. Uh, but we'll see what happens. It, it, when you think of, when you hear that Rodney Hood's probably going to be on a minutes restriction, and when you hear that, it makes a little more sense. So maybe somewhere down the road, if Hood is healthy, maybe he slides into that starting three role. But uh, I, I'm just a little bit skeptical of it just because I'm not sure what to expect from Derek Jones Jr. in this group. How about you, Jared? Do you feel the same way? Um, sure. I mean, a little bit. I think that Nate is right to be somewhat skeptical of Derek Jones Jr., um, just because, I mean, everything Nate said is, is accurate. He, he, didn't, he didn't play a lot in the playoffs last year for the Heat, once, especially once they reduced their rotation to seven or eight players, he was out of the rotation. Um, he can't shoot the ball. You know, he shoots under 30% from three. Uh, so, yeah, there are some concerns about that. But at the same time, I think that we need to pay a little bit more attention to the other thing Nate talked about in that, in the past, when this was an issue, it was because they had two forwards who couldn't shoot the ball very well. And this year, you have Dame and CJ, obviously, who are going to light it up. You have um, Covington, who, like Nate said, is not a great three-point shooter, but is a good three-point shooter, and he's a, a three-point shooter that, that defenses will respect. And then you have the potential of Yusuf Nurkic continuing to move his game outside the three-point line some. You saw that in the bubble last, uh, last season. It wasn't a lot, but it was, it was the most success he'd had from behind the three-point line since he started his career because up to that point, he'd had no success from behind the three-point line. So if you have those four players theoretically being able to stretch the floor, then there's plenty of room for Derek Jones Jr. to fill in the gaps. As a cutter, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that backdoor cut and Nurkic hitting Derek Jones Jr. for an alley-oop or a dunk. You're going to see that a lot. You saw that with, with, with Harkless, and Harkless is nowhere near the finisher nor the cutter that Derek Jones Jr. is. So I think it could work. I don't think there's a guarantee that it will work, and we're, I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. But it also plays into this whole thing. The Blazers' focus now is defense. And if you have two long, athletic, good defenders at the three and four who can switch on every possession, that's going to help. And then you have 
Do you guys think Nurk is an elite defensive center? Or is that too much? For the Blazers, I think given his impact for the Blazers, I would put him there. I don't know if he was on another roster, but given his uh, spot with the Blazers, yeah, I would rate him as elite. He's up there. He's up there. All right, let's call him elite then. So now you have an elite center back there to clean up everyone's messes, and you have two really good defensive forwards to and to to clean up everything else. And if Dame and CJ are as focused on defense as they said they're they're going to be in as they were during the offseason, and they show a little bit of improvement, then all of a sudden you're looking at the starting lineup being the kind of starting lineup that's going to score a lot of points because it doesn't matter offensively who you put at three and four. We've seen that. If you've got Dame, CJ, and Nurk all healthy, this team's going to score a lot of points. But then you also have the potential of this being a top 10 defensive unit, this starting lineup. So I think that's why Stotts is, is putting him there. And so I'm interested to see how it, how it plays out. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, eventually that minutes restriction comes off of Rodney Hood and maybe you put him in, in at the three. Um, Rodney Hood's not a great defensive player. He was one of the, the better defensive players for the Blazers last season, but that's not saying much. Um, he's an okay defensive player, but I think that in Covington and Derek Jones Jr., you have the potential to have two, three with Nurkic, elite defenders in the starting lineup, and that's something that the Blazers haven't had in a long time. See, this is why I'm going to jump in here before you, Orlando. No, and go for it, 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 this is This is not necessarily a fair argument because Hood's going to be on the minutes restrictions. But yeah. Once he's pulled off of, once he's able to play as much as the Blazers are willing to play him, then I like pairing him with Rocco because of the fact Rocco is a good defender. Rodney Hood, so so. And then your second unit, you bring on Mello, not a good defender, and Derek Jones Jr., good defender. Seems like a good pairing. Right now, the pairing is two good defenders. And then when the reserves come in, granted, rotations change. You know, it's not always just five in, five out, or these right. two guys come in at the same time. But the second unit right now is Mello, not a good defender, and Rodney Hood, a so-so defender, coming off an Achilles injury and on a minutes restriction. So to me, that's why I kind of would rather see Rodney Hood in the starting lineup, but given that he's on a minutes restriction, I don't know if it's even an option. Yeah, and you wonder if he wasn't on that minutes restriction, if it would still, if you'd still just be penciling in Derek Jones Jr. as a starter. I don't know, because they were really high, and I would assume they still are. On, on Rodney Hood and his fit with this team and his fit around Damon CJ. Um, I mean, either way, if it's Derek Jones Jr. starting at the three or, or Rodney Hood at some point, I'd be, I'd be happy with either. I'm, I'm interested to see what Derek Jones Jr. can do in a larger role. And we know what Rodney Hood can do with this starting lineup, and it's good. So, I, I love this discussion because I think it's one that a lot of Blazers fans are, are having right now. Um, that I don't think we're as used to in terms of the, the, it, it being open like this for the, the starting lineup. And yes, I also wonder if Rodney Hood was 100% at this point, what would it actually be like? Would, would, it, would they still be rolling with Derek Jones Jr.? Um, Hood said he's, he's done everything but five on five at this point. So, you know, he's, he's going to be on that minutes restriction. It's going to take him some time to acclimate to, to playing five on five. They're supposed to, uh, open practice around the fifth, but even in that answer, it was still a little bit kind of like, let's see how things go with COVID and protocols and whatnot. So at this point, players are, are basically stuck individually to a basket with one coach. Um, but yeah, as, as Rodney progresses, I think 
that's the beauty of all of this is that they've added so much depth to the forward position that now Terry has options that if let's say Rodney's shot isn't falling, he can go a different route or, you know, defensively, whatever their, their focus is on or based on the opponent, Terry has that freedom now to mix and match his, his rosters, which we know he likes to do, especially early on in season. So I think this is a fun discussion that we're going to see play out over the next few weeks. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see what this team's potential is, especially defensively. But yeah, seeing, seeing Rodney back, I, I think is exciting. And, and now you're, you, I love the way that you painted the picture with, with Derek Jones Jr., uh, Jared, in that we're going to have a slasher, a guy that's going to be able to get in there and finish, you know? And so I think that's going to bring a whole different element to it because we know that Nurk, as well as being an elite defender, can pass the rock. You know, his vision for a big man, it's, it's, it's going to be a thing of beauty. So I think that just complements uh, Nurk's game as well. And so we've talked about all of this. That leads us to question number three, and that's, can this be the best Portland Trailblazers team that Damian Lillard has played for, Jared? No, I don't think so. I think that I would put the team with LaMarcus Aldridge, Nick Batum, Wes Matthews, and uh, Robin Robin Lopez? No. Yeah, it was Robin Lopez. Robin, yeah, yeah I got the Lopez seven. brothers mixed yeah. up. Um, I think that team was better. I mean, that team was a top six defensive team, I think, and they were still top 10 on offense. I don't, if everything goes right for this team and then maybe they could be that top 10 on offense and defense, but I wouldn't anticipate that happening. I think they'd be a top five offense, maybe a top 15 defense. And so I think that that team before Wesley Matthews got hurt had I agree with Damian Lillard. I think that team had a real shot at contending for a championship that season. Um, I'm not ready to go there yet with this team. I need to see how all these pieces fit together. I need to see how Mello acclimates to coming off the bench. Um, I think that this team has the potential to be, I think their ceiling is pretty high, but I think that their floor is maybe a little bit lower than that, that other team. So I'm not ready to go there yet. I think it's close. I think this team on paper looks great, but I still think that that team when, when it was LA and Dame together was the best team Dame's played with so far. Man, I am not used to hearing Jared just being so directly negative. Oh, he's no. been fire today, man. He's yeah, been he fire. Like, it was so casual too. He's just like, nah, <laughs> they, they're not. Was that really negative? I don't think I was negative. It it was, you you don't like the Blazers, Jared. It was matter of fact, I'll tell you that. I'm a hater. I I think you just said the Blazers aren't making the playoffs is what you just said. Uh, (laughs) Put it down on paper. There's the headline. (laughs) But uh, I'm actually in agreement with you on this, Jared. Uh, The team you're talking about is the 2014-15 Blazers. And so... Uh, I just, because I wanted to make sure I had it right, you know, sometimes we can have our own revisionist history in our head. Uh, I went back to see what they were like that season, and they were 44-20 and 20 at one point, which was a 56-game winning pace. Uh, they were in the hunt for the two-seed with Houston and the Clippers. Houston ended up being the two-seed with 56 wins. So the Blazers were right in that hunt that year. And then Wesley Matthews got hurt. And a couple of games after he got hurt is when their bad stretch at the end of the season started. They finished that year 7-11 and 
in the regular season, ended up being a four seed at 51 and 31. And of course they lost to Memphis in five games in the first round of the playoffs because they were just a completely different team once Wes was hurt. And because let's be honest, LaMarcus quit on the team. Okay. Bam, Jared, again, look at this. Orlando's eyes right now. But he did. He did. He quit on the team late in that series. Oh, man. Orlando's eyes when you said that just (laughs) blew up, man. Sorry, man. You brought brought up all the bad memories, Nate. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I had no idea it was going to do that. (laughs) Man, if we were back in the studio, the amount of sound effects we would have used on that. Oh, man. Goodness, dude. The horn would be going, man. <laughs> the horn would be going. I don't. I don't even know where I was at this point. At my point here, shook. But, uh, shook. That that team. Uh, yeah, we are shook. That is correct. Uh, that team could have been the two seed in the West, and the team that was the one seed in the West was the Warriors, and that was the year they won their first title. So they weren't. You know, they were obviously very good. They won sixty-seven games that year but they hadn't had the deep playoff run experience, which is why some people thought they may struggle that playoffs. They didn't. They went 16 and five and one, but maybe if the Blazers came in there at full strength with some of their playoff experience that that team had had and they faced the Warriors, I think the, I don't know if the, the, that year's Warriors team is as good as this year's Lakers team can be. And so who you're going up against to compete and win a championship also matters. And I think the gap between the Lakers this year and the Blazers this year is wider than the Warriors that year and the Blazers of 2014-15, which is why I agree with Jared. I think so far that's been Dame's best chance to win a title and the best team he's had in Portland. But uh, this team, I think, could be second best and, and get back to the Western Conference Finals. I think that's certainly possible. It's fair to look back on the 2014-2015 season and and give that season the upper hand um, now that we've had a few years to look back on it. But this this roster is pretty good. And yeah, I, I, I would agree that I don't think we see this as a championship team unless something happens to the Lakers. Uh, it feels like it's their championship to lose, really, um, or at least, you know, to make it out of the West. Um, so I get that, but, um, this team is, is built and has depth and, um, has addressed a lot of needs to help this team later on in the season when injuries come about. But as we've mentioned throughout a lot of these podcasts, for those that, that listen to us regularly, Yusuf Nurkic, a a healthy Nurk is so important to what they do. And I even I, that was my question to CJ was just how important is is Nurk to all of this and having him right out of the gate because they they mentioned how important and how sharp this team will be to start the season and I think so much of this has to do with Nurk and if they get a healthy Nurk throughout this entire season and and, and they have a healthy Nurkic in the playoffs man this team is going to be scary and I don't think that it's out of the question that this team is is in the Western Conference Finals whereas two years ago I don't think very many people looked at the the roster at the beginning of the year and said this team's going to make it to the to the Western Conference Finals and and compete against the Warriors and be up in games against the Warriors and just need to close those games out to make it a respectable series and so I think with this team 
I, I think realistically I can see that path for this team, but as, as you, as just being in Portland, so much is predicated on, can they stay healthy? Like that's, that's always the starting point with this team. And so I, I do think that this, this will be one of Damian Lillard's best opportunities to get to that promised land of winning a championship. So yeah, I think it's just exciting to see what they've built and um, the opportunities ahead for this Trailblazers team. Got to stay healthy, though. And it was it was cool to see Damian Lillard's practice video yesterday and him taking shots from half court casually like it's nothing, man. And, he was uh, looking like you out there, man. Dude, I've seen yeah, you. Man, you know, you got to show off the range every now and then. So, yeah. so it was really cool. And, I want him um, to break that out in a game. Oh, man. I hope that is the case. You know, if you, if you guys dig into the comment section on, on Instagram and saw, uh, you know, the back and uh, forth between him and Curry. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. And, uh, I hope that they, they hold up their end of the deal there and, and start firing off half court shots to open, uh, this new season, because that would be a lot of fun. And it would even be, uh, better if they were playing against each other, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so guys, um, I'm glad that we were able to, to save a little more time this week because um, it didn't take long for you to get a couple of, of questions in um, when you sent out the tweet this, this morning, Jared. So we now have the opportunity to, to get into a, a more longer question from Reverend Romulus. Matthew, welcome back to the podcast, man. So his question is, who starts more games this year? Will it be Mello or DJJ? Also, who gets more playing, playing time? Giles or Little, and who will I irrationally think should get more playing time? Ellaby or Blevins? I know the answer to that with Nate, I feel, but uh, Jared, let's start with you on, on these questions from Matthew. All right, so these are really good questions, as usual, from the Reverend Romulus. Who starts more games this year, Mello or Derek Jones Jr.? Because Derek Jones Jr. is the starter at the beginning of the season, I think it's going to be Derek Jones Jr. Um, even if it doesn't work out with Derek Jones Jr., I think Rodney Hood is the starter. I think that I think that Carmelo Anthony is probably coming off the bench the entire season. The only way I could see it, and I hope it doesn't go like this, but if it just doesn't work out emotionally for Melo with coming off the bench, then maybe they could just make him the starter at the four and start Covington at the three and just to make him happy, but I hope it doesn't get to that. I really, I really hope it doesn't. Cause that could, you know, that could torpedo this season, but I think it's going to be Derek Jones jr. Uh, more playing time Giles or little man. I don't think any of them are either of them are going to get very much playing time at all. Um, I guess let's go with Giles. I think that they're pretty set at the big man positions. So who did I say? Did I say Giles? Yeah, not not neither of them are going to get any playing time. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking Giles, but then I'm like, no, look, they have, there's so many guys in front of him. And same with Little. Let's just go with Giles. Um, and Ellaby or Blevins, Ellaby. You know, he'll get a few spot minutes there. I don't think Blevins is going to be. I don't. I don't know if Blevins will play any minutes at all on this roster. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's some respect at the end of that answer right there. I see your poster in the background there, Nate. So. Yeah, of course it's CJ. I don't have a poster of CJ Ellaby. Just so no, you know. not CJ Ellaby. <laughs> uh, I don't have a poster. I just have a Cougar poster. There you go. A Washington State uh, a poster back there. So, uh, of course, it's CJ Ellaby. He's a Coug. He's going to be great. He's got great hair. Uh, you'll irrationally want him to play more this year because of the fact he's got great hair. Just see it flowing out there, man. And then who knows? Maybe in three or four years, you'll get to see it more regularly. Uh, who gets more playing time, Giles or Little? I'm going to go with Harry Giles as well, Jared. Uh, just, I don't know why. For some reason, I think the Blazers want to see what he has to offer this year. Uh, they have Nasir Little developing. They saw a little bit of it last year because – he had to play given the injuries they had last year and they know he's going to be on the roster moving forward for them and Harry Giles may not be and so I think they're going to want to see at some point Harry Giles in some sort of game action and so I'll go with him and who starts more games uh same Derek Jones Jr. just because he's starting the season as a starter uh the other way Carmelo Anthony could end up being a starter is I don't want to say it, but if Robert Covington gets hurt, then Carmelo Anthony becoming a starter at the four suddenly becomes in play. But I'm going to assume everyone is healthy. Kumbaya, everything's going great. The Blazers are the two seed. Derek Jones Jr. is dunking on everyone, and he's the starter. I love it. Yeah, based on the, the, the game plan set forward, I would agree with you guys. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. Uh, will be the, the starter and we'll get more, more starting time than Carmelo Anthony. But um, let's see how this season goes. And there, there are a lot of, of uh, factors that go into that. But, you know, everybody has said Melo, Melo before he's re-signing, that he was cool with coming off the bench. And really, I feel like multiple people in, in these pressers have said and have emphasized him closing games and him hitting – clutch shots so let's see if that is enough to satisfy Melo in coming off of that second group and giving them some offensive firepower um cj ellaby i'm, I'm with you they, they drafted him the the amazing flow there i want to see that on the court at some point maybe in in some garbage time give him a chance to to uh get a taste of being an nba player with with the portland trailblazers and then you know what i i think i'm i'm in an agreement with you guys on on giles it's, it's probably him they want to see what he has um, versus Little, you know what you're getting with him. And, um, you know, hopefully Little can carve out a little bit of playing time as well because um, he's a lot of fun to watch when he has had opportunity and you know what he brings to the table. And that guy's a lot of fun. Dude, and so and, the I was just going to say, in garbage time, you could have Anthony Simons, C.J. Ellaby, and Zach Collins all out there, and they all got great hair, man. It could be <laughs> like an all-time closing hair lineup. I'm not mad at that, man. You know, um, Dame said it himself. He's got faith in, in Anthony as, as the backup point guard. And so he just didn't mention the hair part, but um, you know that he, he felt that uh, deep inside. So our last <laughs> question today comes from our friend and former colleague, Michael Rollins. Miss you, man. Uh, who will play the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals? He says, you must believe, guys. So who is the Blazers' opponent? First of all, which of – which of us here believe that the Blazers will make the Western Conference Finals this year? I'm, I, I'll, go, I'll go there. 
I think that they can get to the Western Conference Finals. If they stay healthy, I think that they can get there, and, and I think they'll play the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Do I believe they can, or do I believe they will? Let's go with if you believe they will. I'm putting it down here that I think they will for me. Uh, great. I'm a, we're going to have to do our season predictions in about a week or two, and we'll see if you <laughs> flip-flop on that or not. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> so who do they play when they don't get if, to the final? If they got so there. Who do they don't play? Who yeah, do they, who they don't, don't play, play in the Western yeah. Conference Finals? Hey, it, was, it was Michael's question. He believes. Yeah. yeah, Michael believes. Who do they don't play in the Western Conference Finals? They don't play either LA team in the Western Conference Finals. So you're putting it down, Clippers and Lakers. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Well, if the Blazers are, are in the Western Conference Finals, uh, they're, they're facing the Lakers. So um, that, was a, that was an easy one for me. Um, I know we're, we're running out of time here. Max, I want to get you in real quick, man, just to say hello and to let, let our listeners know that you're back, baby. Uh, how's life in your world? And uh, are the Blazers in the finals? <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, it's great <laughs> to be with you. Um, I don't know. Can they make the Western Conference finals? Sure. Uh, but there are so many unknowns going into this season. There's still a pandemic going on who knows who might get injured. So if I have to say, will they or won't they right now, I'm going to go with, they won't. Um, yeah. Matt, Max Sorry, is Jared. always the voice of reason guys. So he's on my he really side. Is. Welcome. Welcome to the train, Max. Well, Max just, is the voice that's, of reason. That's the easy pick to say they won't get there. <laughs> Thanks well, guys to predict also, they will. <laughs> just because it takes guts to predict they will, doesn't mean it's a good prediction. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good prediction. <laughs> and Nate, there's still time to flip flop, as as we know. Oh, we got, dude. The, what the finals is the Western Conference Finals this year won't be till like what June, middle of June, something like that. I've got plenty of time to flip flop, man. I guess it's time to to shut it down. Make sure to follow us on, on social media. Check out our work on on KGW.com as well. Um, we're gonna go listen to Anthony Simons and Gary Trent Jr. here in the next 15 minutes. So stay tuned for that. Check us out.